welcome to the NFL Radiology webinar. Presenting a lot of research, things I've written and um, compiled about the NFL, in particular the concussion crisis. I wondered how many of you um, have heard about this. In the NFL, many injuries can occur. You look at this picture and you can just imagine what this would be like as this person falls. A lot of things, um, I've got some radiographs here and of course this is the thing I found um, in one of the quotes. It's one of the worst things that can happen. The quote says, starting player, whoever it is, is out for how many weeks to how many weeks with a broken, torn, whatever. No football fan wants to hear this statement. It's very heartbreaking for all, the players and the fans alike. Some things that can happen as far as injuries. Here's a foot injury, and you can see it doesn't look quite right. You see the bruising on the foot. You see the guy falling down. He could even get a knee injury from that particular um, fall. But after the radiograph was taken, you can see the dislocation and, of course, on the bruising and the right-hand side of the pins that are placed into the foot. And you know this will hurt a lot. Apparently not all that uncommon. Another thing, you see the Viking guy and the shoulder doesn't look quite right. You can see the humerus is not where it's supposed to be. So this is a severe dislocation. Um, you know, anything can happen. Fractured clavicles, I've heard a lot about this. You can see on this radiograph that there is a break through the entire clavicle. Um, the guy on the right is getting ready to fall. Um, various types of falls could cause this, but again, this would be a very serious injury. Um, as far as healing, um, other types of blood vessels that could be broken and so forth. And look at this guy. He's going thumbs up even though his leg is broken. You can see the entire fracture through the tibia. Um, be very painful. The person would be out for a long time. It was curious when I was looking at how many injuries there are in the NFL. And you can actually Google this and find at any particular time how many people are out and with their specific injuries. And I found a lot of clavicles. Clavicles. Um, groin injuries, hamstrings, um, fractures, and so forth. Um, but you know, these guys want to play. Nobody wants to get hurt, and I think that what's coming up here with this seminar tonight is with this concussion crisis is puts it on a whole different level. You know, your leg will, will eventually heal. But what about your brain? Incidentally, the players themselves. I have read, are worried more about their knee injuries than the concussions. They say that the knee injuries are absolutely career-ending, and they worry about that more than getting a concussion. I think I would be more worried about concussions than a knee, but you know, apparently, according to them, that this is an absolute career-ending injury. So one of the things that I found, because I, you know, I like football, Okay, you know, I like A&M. My son went there. And, but I found this article in the paper, and I thought, what? Why would they exhume an NFL player's body to look at the brain? And this is, this is when I became interested in this concussion crisis. 
And so the report was from a former NFL player, Trevon Belcher. I don't know if anybody's heard of this guy, but they exhumed his body for um, to study the brain. Um, what happened was that he, on December 1st of 2012, he shot Cassandra Perkins. Then he drove to the Kansas City Chiefs facilities at Arrowhead Stadium and killed himself in front of the te- his team personnel. A horrible, horrible thing. Um, you know, there's more to the story than just the brain injury, um, but I, they do believe that that is what, what began his rampage of rage and anger and so forth. Um, so the Belcher tragedy. Under question was whether Belcher had this disease that they now know is called chronic traumatic encephalopathy, which is a brain disease believed linked to concussions that can lead to long-term um, behavior abnormalities with these NFL players. So this is kind of the new thing that I found. I'd never heard of this before. But when I saw that this guy was, his body was exhumed, I thought, what is going on with this? Um, and then Javon Belcher's mother, Sue, Kansas City Chiefs. According to the Kansas City Star, the estate of linebacker Javon Belcher had filed a wrongful death lawsuit against the Chiefs, saying that he never would have done something like that, you know, had there not been something wrong. And this was before they knew actually about the chronic traumatic encephalopathy, which I will abbreviate as CTE during this um, lecture. Chronic traumatic encephalopathy is not only from the NFL players, but think about people that are in ice hockey, soccer, wrestling, rugby, Major League Baseball. They also can suffer some of these traumatic brain injuries. Um, It's just that the NFL is getting a lot of um, the, you know, articles written about them and so forth. So you see this guy getting crushed by two guys. And, you know, there's got to be something going on with, with this guy's brain. It reminds me, when I think about this, of, you know, years ago they talked about the shaken baby syndrome. In a way, it's, it's kind of very similar. It's just a lot of traumatic, many, many hits, many, many hits um, with these concussions. And it is not just the NFL, but they, they're the ones that are getting the publicity right now. A little bit of history, little stories here. Um, Maybe you've heard of Joe Frazier. He died at age 67. He was called Smokin' Joe Frazier. He had furious and intense fights with Muhammad Ali. This would be a whole story in itself. They had quite a uh, battle going on. Um, he, at the height of his career, was around 1965 to 1976. Um, he did, you know, ended up passing away, but they did say that he had a lot of slow speech and possibly had the CTE at that time, but they wouldn't have known that back at that time. Now, this word I came that I found was called dementia pugilistica. So it used to be called punch drunk syndrome or boxer's dementia. It's a form of dementia that originates with repeated concussions. And I think we all know that with these with these guys and this um, boxing, Lots and lots of head trauma, being punched out, you know, knocked out. That's the whole goal is to be punched out. But they called it punch drunk syndrome in the past. 
and this this strange word called dementia pugilistica. Another one, Sugar Ray Robinson, May 3rd, 1921, April 12th, 1989, he died of Alzheimer's disease, and we will find when we start talking about the CTE and the way that they have come to this conclusion that this is a new disease, he probably was affected, affected by this um, CTE also um, and had died of Alzheimer's, which is one of the things that it can lead to. But you look at the guy's face and, you know, it's just brutal. So this term, chronic traumatic encephalopathy, is this new type of um, disease they have come up with, and I've got some videos to show you of what they call the frontline um, the concussion crisis, and it's very interesting. Um, you look at this word chronic, it means over a period of time, traumatic is repetitive hits, and of course disease of the brain, and you see the little red area on the brain there, um, and we'll talk about parts of the brain that could be affected and why it would be so um, traumatic for people. So this is a form of encephalopathy. It's progressive. It gets worse. And it is degenerative. And it is definitively diagnosed at autopsy. And one of the things that's cool about this is that they can now use brain images to diagnose this before it becomes so bad that they become, they become suicidal, they do very strange things. Maybe you've heard of some of these things in the news. Some of these NFL players that have committed suicide, these strange things. The, the list of stories is, is an unbelievably endless of, of what they have done. So it says diagnosed autopsy, which it is, but I'm going to show you a story of um, what has changed the NFL. So in 2012, I don't know if you've heard, but the NFL players sue. 2,000 former NFL players sue the NFL. It is based on evidence that has come forth that the NFL has denied any impact of concussions that have occurred over the years. They've denied it, um, and it's basically they're being accused of a cover-up, as we will get to. So these NFL players have sued. August 29th of 2013, the NFL agreed to pay $760 million for 4,000 players. This guy shown here is the commissioner, Roger Goodell. Um, he never admitted, though, to misleading anybody about any concussions, even though he agreed to pay all this money, and it seemed like a lot of money. But when we get further into this, this um, seminar tonight, we'll find that's really not a whole lot of money considering how many people are going to be affected by this. So this was back in 2013 that they agreed to pay this out. Originally, you, know, the, you see a guy there, he's um, excited, seems like they've got a victory, that they got this settlement. So the way this was broken down, $75 million would be for baseline brain testing, $10 million for research. Half of the settlement would be to be paid out over three years. So this was the settlement. So apparently NFL's nuclear winner scenario just vanished. Right there they got the money. What that would mean apparently is the settlement will cost each team about $30 million. Again, that's not very much money when you consider how much money they actually have. So this is just getting started. 
but it says not so fast. What about the future liability? You need to be cautious about this. More people get involved and they're paying attention. They thought this was all over with, but we're going not so fast. Is this really going to be enough money? Um, you get more people and there's new evidence. I'm going to talk about this emerging. So let's got this judge, Anita Brody. She reject, rejected the settlement. She said there's not enough documentation. She really just didn't think there was going to be enough money considering the new evidence um, that was being brought forward. Um, she rejected it. Now, I found, I Googled this today, and found that there's currently another proposal out there, and it's not being accepted yet either. There's just not enough evidence. Too many things are coming up, so there's nothing that's been settled. Now, this could go okay for the NFL because apparently the longer this goes into litigation, um, they can delay it and delay it. Nobody's going to get paid. And so currently, as of today, there is nothing that has been settled with this NFL amount of money that will be paid out. And again, no admission by the NFL that anything has really happened. Now, I have all of these numbers on here and um, values of dollars, and it says at the very bottom in pink, it says, while it may seem cold to attach numbers to such horrible circumstances that can happen, class action cases are often partitioned such as we see up here. So it says they would pay $1.5 million for a level 1 neurocognitive impairment, $3 million for level 2 neurocognitive impairment, $3.5 million if they developed Alzheimer's disease, $3.5 million for Parkinson's disease, $5 million for ALS, and the $4 million for death with this new thing called CTE. So it was broken down by how bad their circumstances were. So this does seem very cold, but when you have a class action lawsuit like this, this is the way it's going to have to be. So as of now, this probably isn't um, what's going to happen. It's going to need to probably be more money than this. But this is what the research says so far, and this is the lady, the judge that is involved with this and trying to make this decision. So why the change of mind? Why did she change? Because there was some new evidence. This new evidence is, is the thing we're going to talk about tonight. I don't know if you've heard of um, the League of Denial, the frontline PBS documentary that was given. I'm going to talk about tonight, and you're going to get to see some of the clips from this. That's, after she saw this, she started to change her mind about this. But before we get into that, I want to talk about what is a concussion to begin this discussion. So I want to look at some images about what an actual concussion does. I had to put this silly picture together. And so what I have is I, I put a brain picture on top of the truck showing what this would be like for a brain um, hitting a wall. So reading through this, it says a 2007 study found that football impacts could reach more than 100 Gs, which is 100 times the acceleration of gravity. That's equivalent to slamming your brain against a brick wall at 25 miles per hour. So there you got my little brain in there with a, with a truck to try to give you an idea about what that would be like. Slamming your brain against a brick wall at 25 miles per hour. And this could happen several times during a season. 
So it gives you kind of an idea of what kind of damage could be going on inside their brains. This picture shows a head striking a hard object, creating a concussion-type injury going forward and back, and you see the red area. A concussion is basically an injury to the brain. Now, there are several different types of concussions that can happen. Not all would be as traumatic, you know, as hitting the, the brain against the wall at 25 miles per hour. However, when a concussion does occur, it isn't worked right for a while. There needs to be a time where the brain can heal before a person can go back in and perhaps play football or whatever other sport they're playing. And I, I do believe that this has been the issue, is that the, the players don't stay out long enough to let their brains heal to be determined. So what can happen? You see the guy down there at the bottom? Uh, it looks like a horrible hit. His helmet's flying off. Um, they're crunching into each other. The top people, the helmets hit together. And then, of course, I've got the guy down at the bottom. It's a guy from, that's a soldier. So not only do we have football players that can get concussions, but now we need to talk about a little bit about what happens to the guys that are in Iraq, the guys that are being blown up with these IE devices. They're, they're, they've got helmets on. They're coming back with what we call traumatic brain injuries. You've got the guy in there with the CT scan. So not only are the NFL players getting these brain injuries, but so are the, the soldiers in combat. And this is called traumatic brain injuries, and there's been a lot of stories. Um, there was a Sergeant Bales that came back, had a, what they call a mild traumatic brain injury, altered his personality. This is not a new issue just for the NFL. It's just, of course, you know, in the news right now because there's been so many, many cases where, where the guys end up being um, broke, and you wonder how in the world can that happen? Well, well, maybe perhaps at the end of the seminar, you'll, you'll have a little different feeling about that. So some things that can happen with these injuries. Problems with things like their memory, balance, concentration, their judgment, like the guy with Joe Von Belcher, his judgment. You know, he went out and he shot his girlfriend, killed himself. There's the judgment. And even coordination. And so the brain will need time to heal. And, of course, it's thicker to see down there going side to side. And it's got the bleeding on the sides. Again, the brain is being shaken inside this helmet. Some, something's going to be happening to this brain based on the level of injury that occurs. So how much can the brain tolerate? is an unknown thing. And there are some new imaging techniques, um, blood tests perhaps, that can measure the level of damage done to the brain so they can determine, can these, these people go out and play right away? And a lot of these NFL players want to go out and play again. They don't want to sit down because they know their career is based on this. But there's going to be new things, I believe, that come out that can measure the level of concussion that has, has, been, um, has occurred after a specific hit, and all these hits look bad to me. Did you enjoy this podcast? The remainder of this course is available via our famous webinar program. To view our course schedule, just visit us online at www.aheconline.com or give us a call at 1-800-239-1361. See you soon.